Hey team, welcome to Rewriting Wellbeing, the Teacher's Health Podcast, the show that discusses all things health and wellbeing to help you thrive and not just survive in teaching. Let's get into it. Hey team, welcome back to the podcast and today is the first episode of a new series which we're going to call the teacher feature. Now the teacher feature is going to be a stream of episodes where we have teachers come on and talk about their experiences with their health and their well-being. So this might be like today's episode, um, a teacher who has been part of the teachers team, our coaching community come on and share their journey, share their wisdom, share their nuggets of knowledge with you sometimes this might be teachers who are just in the health and well-being space or people who have had a bit of journey themselves a bit of a journey themselves so that's going to be the teacher feature i'm really really hopeful that this is going to be full of loads of nuggets loads of wisdom loads of things that you can kind of take and plug and play with your own health and well-being and it is going to as always cover all the topics that we normally do sleep stress nutrition movement mindset training all of the good stuff. So today we are joined in our very first episode by a very special guest, Chantel, who is Miss R Daily on Instagram. I'm sure that she needs absolutely no introduction, as I know most of you guys follow her anyway, but wanted to introduce Chantel and ask her to say a little bit about herself. So hello, Chantel. Hi. How are we doing? Good, thank you. What a nice introduction. <laughs> well, you know, um, so let's kind of go into who you are first of all because I I know that most people will will know of you I'm sure most people are following your page anyway because it's amazing Um, I followed you for blimey a long time I think I followed you on my personal account quite a while ago um but I know maybe a couple of years on on my um teacher's health coach page um so it's been a while and obviously I've followed your journey through there and we've worked together maybe about six months ago and obviously recently we've been chatting a lot more so could you kind of tell people if they don't know you a little bit about who you are kind of what you do what your interests are in the kind of teaching space yeah of course um so I have as you say I think everyone that follows maybe that listens to this will be following me anyway I don't know um (laughs) but I am very much for continuous provision in my teaching style um, my whole page is dedicated to it. I love it so much. Um, and my whole teaching career has been based around that. I've been teaching for, oh my gosh, I should have worked that out before, shouldn't I? <laughs> seven years, I think, seven plus years, let's say. Um, and it's all been continuous provision based. And I've been in the Netherlands for the last nearly four years, um, where I was teaching in reception and in year one. Mm. Um yeah and I just love love teaching the younger ones and I love continuous provision and I love play so here's my little plug for that (laughs) yeah no that's awesome that's awesome and I know you kind of you you're a bit of an advocate for kind of children's well-being as well um and that's something that we kind of children and and teachers well-being we chat about quite a bit don't we yeah absolutely yeah I completely I mean there are so many amazing Instagram accounts out there that advertise this as well but I completely am an advocate for children's behavior is connected to their emotions and you have to build the relationships that's the ultimate thing in teaching in Mm. order to achieve anything with the children and with the parents as well and with the teachers 
<laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that links straight into well-being for teachers, doesn't it? In yeah. that, you know, like you say, behavior is a is a form of communication. Um, and I think with teachers and their well-being, communication is a part of well-being. Do you know what I mean? You know, for, yeah. for, for a school to have positive well-being, it, there needs to be positive communication. And even as adults, our behavior is a form of communication. So staff interactions, how people talk to each other, it's a form of communication, which is a massive part of well-being, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, just in my experience, which I know isn't as much as some people may be listening to this, but you can, I've always felt more comfortable when I can just be honest and not have to filter I hate filtering my words and I'm not very good at it. That's when I start stumbling over things. Yeah. So yeah. as long as your leader, and I think that's also a definition of a leader as well, isn't it? When you've got open communication mm. um, and as long as your leadership and everyone around you is open to that, when you're implementing new things and maybe wanting to focus more on the well-being side of things with the children, you have to be open and you have to be honest and you have to have conversations with staff that may be a bit awkward um but you have to kind of have a space for that don't you in the school you're at yeah absolutely and, and to be fair I've been talking to a lot of people in the team about that specifically recently I think obviously at the moment um in schools you know COVID hasn't gone anywhere I think we've got about four members of the team currently off with COVID and obviously for everyone else there's um, a kind of a secondary impact and it's nobody's fault it's just the situation it's just what happens but yeah. obviously COVID at the moment is massively impacting staffing in a lot of schools so people are finding themselves under a lot of pressure covering extra classes maybe they weren't um, particularly in secondary doing additional kind of um, break time cover and lunchtime cover and you know even down to the little things about you know how um, how we kind of manage that in terms of staffing because not it's not always the case where we, we can get supply in um, yeah. so yeah yeah I think that COVID hasn't gone anywhere and I think stress is quite high in schools and that that then means that communication is probably more important than ever really yeah. isn't it and being able yeah. like you say being able to have open and honest communication and saying you know right now this is a bit too much for me I, I can't I can't quite manage this yeah and we all suffer with teacher guilt don't we so mm. and that adds to stress doesn't it so you might want to say please please I can't do it anymore like my my bucket's full I can't do anything else mm. but actually then you're like oh but I should be doing it because I'm a teacher and it's my job yeah. and all of this and I want to do the best for the kids and it's like a vicious circle isn't it yeah definitely and it's that it's that should versus could right yeah that yes. word should comes with where however you use the word should should or shouldn't or shouldn't have um it always comes with a layer of a, a layer of loathing a layer of guilt doesn't it I should have done yeah. this I shouldn't have done this always comes with a bit of regret bit of bit of guilt yeah I always prefer the word could could get, yeah. could puts you back in control yes yeah that's one thing I learned from you Charlie Oh, good, good. <laughs> I mean that's a perfect little segue so obviously here we today we're here to kind of chat about you a little bit more than kind of um, school well-being and school culture and stuff but I'm sure that will crop up as we go through this um, but today what I thought we'd do is as always have a really informal chat and kind of discuss your health and well-being journey as part of the team um, so obviously it's been you'll probably correct me on this it's been about six months I think since you very first started yes about well so what are we in end of March so yeah 
about September six months. September time, wasn't it? Yeah, that's seven months then, is it? Yeah. We should know this. We should have counted we this. Should, we should have worked. There's a lot we should have worked out. Um, for everyone listening, this is a very spontaneous episode, um, as you might be able to tell. Um, no, so it's about seven months. So it's been a while, and obviously you kind of, your, your journey in the team was maybe about three months or so of that, um, yeah. maybe three, four months. And, you know, you've been kind of, you know, don't want to say going it alone, but you know what I mean? You've been kind of implementing what we covered by yourself for the last few months. Yeah. So let's kind of dive into your journey a little bit, because I, I really do think there'll be little nuggets in here that people can take away. And whether it's like a, a principle or a mindset shift or whether it's something that's just a really practical tip that you can literally go and plug and play. Um, I think there'll be loads here. So way back when kind of, you know, um, August, September time, where were you before you kind of joined the team? So in terms of your health and well-being, your goals, your struggles, what was going on around that time? Uh, yeah, it was, it's quite, with me, it's quite a difficult one because it goes back. I know, I was thinking about this in the planning of this episode, which again, we, it's been so, <laughs> so I've just been planning it for the last couple of minutes. But um, my whole negative mindset around my health and nutrition, I think, has been going on since primary school. I remember having a conversation with one of my best friend's mums and her telling me I shouldn't be on a diet and I was on a diet. Wow. Yeah, and so I, I don't remember what year I was, but I think I was probably about year five. And so it has been going on. And since then I've been on a diet off and on, kind of, I've had, I've been part of slimming clubs. I've been having personal trainers. I've been starving myself. Well starving myself mm. in inverted commas um I've been doing shake diets I've been doing so many different things and then I completely my confidence was so so low when I moved to the Netherlands um I was just surrounded by these incredible people and they were all women who were older than me mm. so they'd had a life and they had a wisdom to share and I felt being surrounded by them enabled me although I lacked confidence in so many ways personally in my professional career it allowed me to flourish and mm. I think fast forward to last year in about August time when my personal life and my personal feelings were going through a bit of a shit time mm. but professionally I felt like I was thriving and I felt like I could do anything um so I knew that I was better than I thought I was yeah. just that life <laughs> yeah and I knew that um I knew that I, if I could do it, do things that I never thought I could do professionally, why couldn't I do it personally? And then I started um, unfollowing all the accounts on social media that made me feel rubbish. And mm. I started following like body positivity and health and well-being people um, mm. and not like the fad diet things. Um, and then that kind of put me in the right mindset to be like, you know what, I can actually do something about it. I did it in my professional life. Mm. I did something about it then. So why can't I do it in my personal life? And the, the stars aligned, shall we say, and <laughs> enter Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. awesome. That, that's, that, the, the timing was good, I think. Like you say, the stars yeah. aligned and the timing worked out really well. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot there for me to unpick is it all right if I kind of jump in and, and chat about some of those kind of tangents? You go for it. So 
there's I mean there's so much there isn't there and I, <laughs> I think already as you were saying that I, I could, I'm picking out members of the team who are currently kind of you know in the team who have said very very similar things about things like yo-yo dieting yeah um, and I honestly think and anyone who's listening to this now if even if kind of weight loss isn't a goal for you right now um just think to yourself how long have you been quote unquote on a diet or in the past how many years have you spent quote unquote on a diet and I do think it's, it's scary um, a lot of people I talk to have spent decades on a diet yeah. Yeah. um and the way that you know, you know how you know the team better than anyone the way that we work in the team is that a diet isn't we don't do diets basically yeah. we don't do diets <laughs> diet comes from um dieta I think it's Greek which basically roughly translates as kind of like way of living or way of life so the way that we the, the mindset we have about diet in the team is that it's a, literally a way of life so what that means is that everything you consume social media food tv your social circles your lifestyle all of that is your diet it's not just what goes in your mouth yeah and by thinking of it that way first of all you get rid of a lot of the diet dogma you free yourself from the restrictions of i need to eat a certain way there's because there is no one diet there there is no kind of right or wrong answer which is obviously where a lot of people get themselves kind of confused and things um but diet diet is is that it's the way of life isn't it so it, yeah. it is all of that and I think just that one mindset shift of di- your diet being everything that happens in your life that is such a freeing concept yeah it is and it's completely not what we're told is it mm. and I thought that to be successful I had to stick to this regimented diet that people sell you and even I th- I'll be honest in the first couple of weeks with you I was like why isn't he giving me a diet plan <laughs> why yeah. is he telling me what to actually put in my mouth <laughs> yeah yeah um because it's just what we I think because it you see results so quickly don't you with diets mm. and I think that's what what I always wanted I wanted instant results like you speak about what is it called instant gratification that's it yeah um and as soon as you see it in the first week you're like oh this must be working this must be working but a month in and you're like this is the most boring thing ever (laughs) I can't go out and I can't have fun and I can't just forgive myself if I go off plan and Mm. I can't do all these things that I want to do because at this point maybe I was in my 20s and I was like I should be going out and just drinking and then you'd go out and drink then you'd binge and then you'd feel guilty for the rest of the week yeah (laughs) and it's like a cycle with all of these different plans that people throw at you and it just doesn't work yeah yeah I I mean even even just there with what you said is like that mentality of kind of on plan off plan and Mm. I've always found myself in in a personal conflict with this one because I never want to say that one thing doesn't work because you'll get one person that one approach will work for and they will be happy and they will be healthy and they'll maintain it for the rest of their lives and they'll get everything that they want and and you do always get that anomaly but and again I'm not gonna step on anyone's toes I'm not gonna offend anyone but in my personal opinion something like a slimming club a diet club I can't believe I'm about to say this some people still call it a fat club um that that it it will work for a very very small percentage of people but the Mm. thing is is when you have a plan that isn't flexible that isn't built for you and that you're on plan or off plan or on the wagon off the wagon you're 
you're kind of missing the wood for the trees because time is passing you by and half that time you're miserable because you're off the plan and you're feeling guilty you're feeling shame you're feeling like you're just you, you can't do it your self-belief goes down the toilet um, and then the other half you're you're kind of riding high because you're you know being super strict and you feel like it's working as you said um, and the thing is you know we can all really over restrict for a short period of time but are we happy during that time is yeah. it good for our mental mental and physical health because yeah. often when we think of a diet we think about just reducing that number on the scale and we might get into that later on um but is that making you mentally and physically happy and healthy that's the big question people need to ask themselves I think yeah and you think that it kind of is because most of the diets I think I probably lost like a stone on mm. but then I ended up back at 17 stones so <laughs> yeah it can't work properly and you kind of you get the buzz from the weight loss don't you so you think oh it must be working but then it's all consuming because all you can think about is how hungry you are mm. and what your next meal is and how boring it is but you have to eat it because it's on the plan and mm. you just you, there's complete enjoyment is lost and I love food and my whole family loves food and it's such a bonding experience so then you start kind of losing connections and relationships don't you and yeah. it's it's just it's just a big pile of poo <laughs> yeah yeah no 100 percent. And, and this is the thing I always say if you're going back to a diet to do it again it didn't really work did it yeah because the result you wanted was to potentially for some people to to, to lose weight for health reasons for for confidence whatever it is again I would I would never I'm one of these people I would, I would never tell anyone what their goal should be because that's such a personal thing I'll yeah. just help to guide them to it and give them advice on it. Um, but if you have to repeat a diet again, it didn't work. You, you're going back to square one again. And that's yeah. not the point, is it? No. And I think about the amount of bloody money that yeah. I wasted yeah. on those temporary fixes that gave me a bit of a buzz that then faded and how much money I would have saved if you'd been around mm. when I was in my early 20s. I've got a really shocking quote, actually. I've read it so many times, I know it off by heart. Um, which this was, this, I don't think I've ever told you this, this will shock you. So this is from um, the, he used to be the finance, you talk about money, he used to be the finance director for Weight Watchers. Right. And his name was Richard Samba. And he was quoted once, being genuinely serious, obviously once he'd finished his position of kind of exposing a few things about Weight Watchers. And he literally said, 84%, of people have to come back and do it again that's where your business comes from so their model that is the finance director from weight watchers their model is based on people having to come back oh my god that's that's the whole principle and they say it's not and obviously they've changed from weight watchers to ww i can't even remember what that stands for was it a wellness something i don't know oh has it changed i didn't know that i think yeah i don't think it's weight watchers now it's something wellness but Right. Again, I don't want to go on a massive diet industry rant because you know what I'm like, <laughs> um, a diet culture and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah and, and something that's even, I know that shocked you, something that's even more shocking is that um, Bernice Weston, who was the founder of Weight Watchers, was literally once caught on tape, this is genuine, saying when it comes to eating, fat people are basically very stupid. That's literally what she's on tape saying. Oh my God. There's a recording of it. And this isn't like a YouTube conspiracy thing. This is like 
a confirmed and verified recording of her saying that yeah it's it's yeah so if you are if you are in that place and you are not enjoying the process and you've been back to a, a club more than a couple of times maybe just rethink it is what we're saying just give yeah, it a bit of thought also you're not stupid either <laughs> yeah exactly to just to, to i mean to even use i i really can't stand the word fat i really really can't um this oh, comes well, from this... my personal experience my experience yeah. my my fam- i'm not going to name people but families friends like it, it's horrible to see the way that that impacts someone's mental health yeah um, and yeah th- that is ladies and gents that is your founder of weight watchers my goodness but going yeah. back to the word fat I listened to a podcast called go love yourself and that is a plug for it because it is such a good body body positive one yeah. um and they speak about the word fat and I obviously cringe every time I say the word but I'm trying to say it more because mm. why is it that you're allowed to say tall small um whatever whatever other adjectives you can think of but as soon mm. as you hear the word fat because it's got such negative connotations you cringe but actually we should reclaim it back because it is just an adjective it's nothing okay in life in our experiences maybe it's been given stigma and maybe we have flashbacks from people calling us it in a negative way but actually we should reclaim it back because it's just an adjective it's just a word and yeah I am fat technically I am overweight technically mm. it's it's a fact yeah yeah no and and, and that's that's the thing again yeah. you get into like BMI and stuff and all that stuff to be honest is, it is a bit of nonsense because you can get someone who's got very very high muscle mass but is maybe a little bit shorter and their BMI tells them they're overweight and it's like well they don't actually have much body fat they've just got a lot of muscle mass so BMI is a bit of a funny one I I, I know what you mean I really do know what you mean I think as well another way to look at it which is kind of similar to what you're saying but slightly different it's kind of you know fat as an adjective is a weird one anyway because nobody is fat you have fat it's something that is part of your body it it has, serves a purpose you know it help yeah. it, it, it protects our reproductive organs it is a, a form of stored energy for later like it, it's got purpose right it it yeah. protects our organs there, there, there's a purpose for body fat um so I, yeah, I like kind of looking at it as you're not fat. You just have fat. It's part of your biology. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. It's changing the way you changing the connotations around the word, because I can mm. imagine that a few people listening to this has probably been called it in a derogatory way. And like I have, and mm. it, it makes you feel so horrible when you hear someone being called it or when you just hear the word. If I hear the word, I just kind of, shiver because I don't like it but trying to to look at it in a different way with a different perspective I like that one yeah yeah and obviously in the group you know people off I would probably say about 70% of people who join the team come in to lose weight yeah and that is their personal their personal journey and that's part of it but you know this very well very sneakily I have a plan in the back of my mind to turn people away from that as their primary goal for being here and yeah. turn them on to improving their fitness levels, improving their energy, improving their hair, skin, nails, improving how they feel in themselves. And we're not talking about what we look like here. We're talking about in your confidence levels, in your consistency, in your a massive one, in your relationship with food, 
there's so many things that I sneakily try to work on with people. But if you say to someone, yeah, we're going to do all this, they're kind of like, well, I don't really want that. I just want to, yeah. I just want to see a smaller number on the scale, a lower number on the scale. Um, but we, we don't, we, we sneakily kind of turn these things around for people. And with, by the end of their program, people are always like, well, it's not really about the weight loss at all. And it's like, yeah, there you go. It's got nothing to do with your weight. And it's, every, it's, it's everything else. Yeah, I can't believe I ever said that. I, I'm the one that said that. And it's not. That's a byproduct of what happens. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I, I love the analogy of the car. It's like, you know, when someone comes comes on board with the team or or, or they start any approach with any coach who's who's worth their is worth their sort of phrase. No. Say, <laughs> it's not a phrase. I'm going with it anyway, new phrase, worth their salt. Uh, <laughs> any good coach that's de- who's, who's decent and has good values and good morals will um, will kind of, you know, tell you that, it, that it's not, it's not about, it's not about the weight. And, and the analogy that I like to use is that you get yourself a decent coach. Like I said, they put you in control. You are the driver of the car. The coach mm-hmm. is there next to you as your navigator, reading your map, helping you navigate the twists and turns. You see a bend. They tell you it's not the end of the road. It's, you know, it's a bend. It's not the end. They help you around all those things. And then your weight loss or whatever goal it was, you want to fit into a dress or, you know, you want your wedding coming up. That's almost like just a passenger in the back. You don't even know they're there. You don't think about them, but they come along for the journey. And then when you arrive at that destination, you're like, oh, that, that's changed as well. That's cool. Um, and it's a massive mindset shift. It, it's not it's not easy. Um and I know we're getting into kind of what we did when we worked together, which we'll chat about in a second, but for people to have the mindset shifts of this, that number on the scale being really actually insignificant. And we know that the number on the scale is actually day to day is impacted very, very little by your body fat. Yeah. And obviously when we, most people say well, they want to lose weight, they're thinking, I want to lose some body fat. Day to day, it's impacted by you have some more carbs. By the way, guys, this isn't a bashing on carbs. Let me finish. Um, you have some more carbs. <laughs> When you store carbs in your muscle cells, you store water weight with it. So you have, uh, let's say you, know, you store 100 grams of carbs in your muscle cells, you store with it 400-ish grams of water. So, oh my, I'm, I'm a pound up, I'm half a kilo up. No, mm. you, you just had a big meal. You had a big pasta, you had some pizza, you, you enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Um, two days later, that water weight's gone. You have more salt. Same thing again, your hydration status, your body holds more water weight. You're at certain points in your menstrual cycle, your body holds more water weight. Your stress, yeah. this is the big one, actually. When you're stressed, cortisol can actually kind of almost, not scientific here, but it can disguise itself as another um, hormone. It can bind onto receptors um, on your kidneys. It can actually cause you to store water weight. So stress can cause water weight. Poor mm-hmm. sleep can cause water weight. So people are stepping on the scales after a Chinese at the weekend or a curry at the weekend or, you know, um, drinking some more alcohol, they're stepping on the scales, they're seeing that number and they're so affected. Their oh self-worth, everything, you know? Yeah, and that's one of the downsides of the slimming clubs because you weigh once a week, mm. which is what I was always taught. I don't know whether it's been specifically from swimming clubs or family members or whatever. I've always been taught you never weigh yourself every day. You only weigh yourself once a week if you're going to try and keep track of it. Mm. And it would always be on a bloody Monday because <laughs> after the Sunday roast on the Sunday. Yeah. And okay, you do it every Monday. So it's the same level of consistency in in the extra pounds, but it doesn't make you feel good if you mm-hmm. then act kind of sneakily jump on the scale just before the weekend just to see how you're doing. 
and then you jump on on the Monday and you're like oh my goodness that whole weekend that I enjoyed and spent time with family and friends now I feel guilty about and never want to do it again <laughs> yeah exactly and, and that's where we we convince ourselves that it's having a life is actually a bad thing for us yeah. um, and really quickly just I always want to pick that apart super quick here so what we tend to do in the team is we tend to get people to weigh in between it again if weighing in is part of their journey at the moment about half the clients in the team members of the team they don't use the scale at all yeah because for some people it's really not useful for numerous reasons which yeah. i can imagine people listening to that go well how would i know if i've lost weight yeah. don't worry you'll know you would yeah. know um other, but, other ways yeah yeah but, pe- but people in the team what we do is we if they are using the scale we say right try and weigh in kind of three to seven times a week doesn't need to be every single day and again we take into consideration past experiences other metrics that we can use all sorts yeah but the reason for that is we then spread those weigh-ins across the week and we get data points we don't get how we don't get progress points, we get data points, very black and white, no emotion, it's just a number. And we add those up and we take an average for that week. And then what we can do is we can compare week one to week two, to week three, to week four. And all it's telling us is a very rough trajectory of where we're heading. Are we going in the right direction for your goals? Yeah, cool, let's keep going. No, okay, let's tweak this slightly. And what this does is, like we said, those big water weight um, pings up and down. And you've got to add into that without being a bit gross. You've got food volume that's literally in your stomach. You've got food still digesting and you've got food weight waste ready to be got rid of. So mm. all of that impacts the scale, guys. It's, it's not just your body fat. In fact, like I said, very, very little of it comes from your body fat that changes on the scale. So that gives us a weekly average and we compare those weekly averages. People sometimes when they hear, I need to weigh weigh in. I don't really like that phrase. I like to take my weight three times a week. Sometimes people, or seven times a week, whatever, people think, well, if I'm weighing in more, I'm going to get really uh, obsessed with it. Sometimes that can happen. And so we we don't use the scale when we find a different metric. But actually what it means is that you're removing your emotion from that number because it's not telling you how well you're doing. That's the difficult thing. We When it comes to weight loss, we attach effort to the number on the scale but they're not connected all the time they're not the one and the same so by doing that we actually just get very neutral unemotional data points we take averages and it actually takes the pressure off that number which is a weird way to think about it but when you're stepping on the scale you're thinking cool another data point cool go write that down move on because you, you you understand why it's changing yeah it's funny because when you first said we we agreed to wait seven days a week for me for me mm. and um oh my gosh this fear that I had I think <laughs> it maybe took me a couple of days to do it yeah. I don't think I did it straight away I did it obviously at the very beginning but then after that I was like no because it's going to fluctuate so much I don't want I don't want that I don't want to go into work feeling like I've put on weight yesterday yeah um, but then over time I saw what it was doing and what it was for and actually I don't and it coming back from holiday recently I I weighed myself to get back into it again to average it out again and I didn't feel the gut-wrenching feeling of putting on a couple of pounds I did put on a couple of pounds but I knew why and I had such a different mindset about it compared to this time last year where any any scale going up or down would be like a massive deal whether it be good or bad yeah yeah definitely and and again well I know we've we've talked about the diet industry quite a lot today but it is a product of the of diet culture the diet industry Mm. um and 
I think there is a bit of a misconception about diet culture and anti-diet culture. I'm not anti-diet. I'm sorry. I am anti-diet culture, but I'm not necessarily anti-diet, so to speak. I think there's a, as always, there's a grey middle ground, but we we like polar opposites, don't we? Uh, I don't think you have to be one or the other. I think if somebody, somebody health, somebody's health and happiness would benefit from losing some body fat because we can't argue sometimes health is improved by losing body fat that's a neutral thing right yeah then I do I do advocate people looking at their calories looking at their health and their lifestyle for a mental and physical benefit and potentially changing their amount of body fat if it's impacting on their mental or physical health but that doesn't mean that I agree with with diet culture in fact I, I, I very much disagree with a lot of diet culture but that scale does come from that doesn't it the yeah. emphasis on your scale weight comes from diet culture. And we've just obviously heard that quote from, from the Weight Watchers people, those quotes, sorry. And you you can tell that it's not actually a good good metric. I mean, it takes seven days. As far as I know, please, if anyone knows, knows this to be incorrect, I looked it up a couple of months ago and it was correct at that time. It takes seven days to qualify as a, I think it was a Weight Watchers um, rep or whatever you call it, seven days. <laughs> that's it oh yeah my gosh. so seven days and you're put in charge of people's mental and physical health yeah crazy wow. it is yeah anyway so the guys that was lots of tangents there but hopefully <laughs> I'm, I'm certain Chantel, that from that little section there about kind of the scale weight and stuff that would have just given a lot of people a lot of people a lot of kind of um mindset shifts and hopefully a lot of freedom now around that number on the scale because you know why it changes and actually it's probably got nothing to do with your weight loss journey yeah yeah so let's chat a bit more about what we did together then so obviously we, we've we've touched on bits there but when we first started to work together again a big kind of disclaimer for this is that everyone's journey is going to be different um again if your coach is i'm going to do it again worth their salt <laughs> um <laughs> then they i swear that's a phrase it's got to be um <laughs> If they are, they will, your journey won't look exactly the same as anyone else's because they won't have a, a set program. They won't have a set plan because everyone has such different lifestyle factors, past experiences, experience levels, all sorts. So if your coach is any good, it will be a very flexible thing. It will fit around you. So little disclaimer, what Chantel's probably about to talk through isn't going to be the same as everyone else's journey. There are also principles in, in place here, but everyone's journey is really really individual but when we kind of got together what did we start looking at what were the different things that we changed um well what I loved about when we started working together was I think it was clear that I was ready to change but also clear that I was well I don't know if it was correct me if I'm wrong clear mm -hmm. that I was I was reluctant because I didn't think I would be able to do it maybe um yeah. and so when we started, we started looking at the five foundations that you speak about, which you can list now because I can't <laughs> think of them. <laughs> this is it, Chantel. They're so embedded, you don't even need to know them. Exactly. No. <laughs> Hang on, now I can do this. I can do it. Go on. Sleep, movement. Mm -hmm. uh, fruit and veg. Mm -hmm. Time for you. Yeah. And what is the fifth one? <laughs> oh, my God. Water yeah 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 so actually at the beginning I've always been really good at drinking water I have done for years I just always always drink between two and three liters a day and that is the thing that I'm like well I must be healthy because I drink all this water mm. and that is what I used to think in my head 
Um, so when we first started, you were very, um, it, it was generally about those five foundations and not changing too much about what I did, just thinking about certain things. And I think that's what I needed because it kind of eased me in mm. and you kind of won me over, <laughs> so to speak, because I thought I'm not just getting this complete change of life, complete diet plan, complete, you can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. It is like, well, think about what you do anyway and how can you increase your fruit and veg intake? How can you just make sure you get a few, a couple more hours of sleep? How can you make sure you ha have time for yourself and things like that? And I think the first couple of weeks, we don't, we didn't food track or anything. It was just about embedding those five foundations. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing to me because I didn't realize movement was the big one because I assumed, because I'm a teacher of younger children, I move a lot. And I think I do move a lot, but I actually don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got to a point where I thought I was moving more because when I first started teaching, I was always on the go. And somehow it kind of got a bit less because rather than running around with the children more, I was sitting down playing the Lego with them or the, like something that required me being sat more yeah, yeah. Um, and when I got my Fitbit I realized how few steps I was doing so that's the main one that I wanted to focus on and when I started upping my steps and trying to hit that I think to begin with you said between eight and ten thousand mm -hmm. and I thought I won't swear but I was like no there's no way <laughs> I'm gonna do ten thousand so I'm gonna aim for eight thousand um, and then gradually I was getting 10,000 without even realizing it because it's a lot in the a lot in the um, little movements you do and the little parts of the day so you can go on a big walk but then actually when I go on a big walk you get less steps than you think you're gonna get <laughs> yeah and it's about the change like for example getting up and getting my own water bottle rather than saying to a child can you go and get it for me <laughs> those little things and yeah. I was like oh I'm, I'm slowly increasing it and then going for a little walk around the lake at lunchtime or before school or things like that that I was just adding in and walking to the shop instead of driving and just little things and I realized my um how I was monitoring my progress aside from the weight loss fat loss side of it was how many steps I was getting and then I must be doing something right and it was me being able to do that and then implementing the other foundations where I was like actually I am achieving something I can do something and then my mindset started changing a bit more to right I'm ready for ready to learn about the food now because that I think that's where my big issue was yeah yeah um, but yeah I, I love how it started with that no, just trying to get brilliant. it into routines yeah no that's absolutely fantastic and, and I, th I think as well what you spoke about there about the steps you know guys nothing special happens at 10,000 steps like you don't get to 10,000 steps and you hit like fat burning mode or anything <laughs> like you know drastic it's just a guide yeah. um and I oh, I read about this the other day actually um I mean I learned about it when I did my qualification but I reread it the other day I can't remember I'm not going to say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try and say it, but take this with a pinch of salt. It was something like the 10,000 steps kind of recommendation came from a study whereby um, they were looking at people's like kind of, um, it was linked with that like 30 minutes a day activity recommendation. 
and they were linking if you did about i think i think that was it you did about 30 minutes a day you of, of general activity um kind of higher heart rate activity like like a quick walk or a run or a cycle or whatever you'd be hitting a most people average out hitting about that kind of nine ten thousand steps mark um so they thought well, lots of people find 30 minutes of activity a day a bit daunting. How can we make that a little bit easier? And I think I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that that's where the 10,000 recommendation came from. Now, nothing happens at that number, nothing special. But like Chantel said, it leads you to change your lifestyle. Yeah. So if you yeah. think eight to 10,000 steps, and again, ranges are really important, guys. If you're if you're if you are tracking calories and you're looking at calories, go for a, a one to 200 calorie range give yourself flexibility in everything you do because otherwise you'll get too focused on that number most likely and you'll get a little bit kind of um a little obsessed. bit yeah a bit obsessed a bit disheartened when you don't hit it so mm. so ranges are great guys but like Chantel said she didn't think right well now I need to go down to the gym um for half an hour on a treadmill every single day she just yeah tweaked things tiny little changes and that's where the real magic is going to happen is when you realize that it's not about going down the gym it's not about just about what we eat it's about tiny changes to our general lifestyle um and the thing is i think i don't know if you agree Chantel, but as humans we love a silver bullet we love a this is the one answer this is the golden the golden i'm not going to rephrase this today golden goblet golden (laughs) That's the one. I don't know. No, no, goblet. I don't know. Whatever you call it, golden something. Um, <laughs> that's the answer. That's the that's the key here. We love that as humans because we love to pigeonhole. This is why we pigeonhole people. We love organization because disorganization makes us feel uncomfortable. So we pigeonhole and we want silver bullets. We want quick fixes. There is no such thing as a quick fix. Yeah. It, it, it's a lifestyle change. Um, and because we're so obsessed with silver bullets. And, you know, therefore we get into things like diet pills, shake diets, um, skinny teas, things that actually genuinely include laxatives as well, guys, to help you lose that scale weight, which is worrying. Um, we get obsessed with those things and we we think that something like asking the child to, to sorry, not asking the child to bring you your water bottle, uh, bottle of water and getting it yourself, parking at the back of the car park and walking to the front of the shop rather yeah. than parking by the front door we think because that's so simple it's not going to work yeah because we 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 associate either difficulty or extremism with the result yeah and we think the more extreme the bigger the result yeah it's not so true, true. We're, we're focused on the compound the tiny tiny the brick by brick as will smith says mm. yeah mm. and the the thing that I loved about your the the way you teach everyone is that movement is more than just doing it to lose weight and that is what I I always did it I hate I'm I'm lazy (laughs) oh my hands (laughs) I'm lazy and I hate moving (laughs) I like sitting in front of the telly and that is it but but it's because I thought you had to move to lose weight. So like I would Mm -hmm. go to the gym. I signed up to gyms numerous times and never went after the first three months. Mm. And I just hate it. I hated it so, so much. I hated going. I hated deciding what to wear. I hated 
people around me huffing and puffing. I hated sweat. I hated everything associated with the gym, but mm. that was the only way that I was going to be successful. And I just completely, you blew everything that I thought of exercise out of the window because you'd say things like, well, just, just track, just track your steps. Just do a little bit more here. Just, just walk here, just do this. And it was such simple little things. I was like, but yeah, I could always do that. And it was always, like you say, it was always like, yeah, well, that's so easy to do. Why bother doing it? Because it's so little. Mm. But it really adds up. And then I got into dance workouts that I love doing on YouTube. There's somebody called MK Fit who thinks a bit like you on YouTube. And she does just crazy dance moves to like musicals and cheesy pop music and stuff. And I absolutely just loved doing it. But in my head... I loved it so I had like this conflict and I'd been doing them since I think about last summer maybe before summer and I was doing them because I enjoyed them but I had a conflict that said how can I be enjoying it if it's good for me and mm, so then yeah. I was almost convincing myself not to do them because it's exercise and it's sweaty and it's okay you might enjoy it but it's hard work and mm. can you really be bothered and isn't it easier to just sit and watch something for half an hour rather than to dance around for half an hour yeah. but you said but you you enjoy it so just do it just if you just want to do it just do it and then yeah. I was like well then I have to do it every day and then well I have to do it what three times a week exactly three times a week on every on the same day every week well no it's not it's literally when you feel like doing it because you're in a good mood and because it's fun just do it yeah yeah that's it and and we could we could talk for so long about like mindset because that's 90 percent of the battle like yeah you like the fact if honestly if you're listening to this podcast and you want to improve your mental physical health and well-being you want to improve your mood you want to improve anything stick to the five foundations as best you can and that will get you the whole way there yeah. but the reason that a lot of people even with those five foundations, a lot of people find that difficult because of the mindset. And I don't, I don't want to get, I mean, we definitely have another chat another time, Chantel, but mm. what, what holds a lot of people back is first of all, self-belief because of perceived failures, because yeah. they've sit, they've, they've been, you know, on a diet on and off for the last five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, maybe they've tried a lot of different things. They might have tried the same thing multiple times. So they are, they feel like they're just failing and failing and failing. And they feel like they're the worst, the worst thing um, always chokes me up. Actually, the worst thing I've ever heard, the worst thing that's affected me is on a call um, chatting to a new client who's joined the team. And she literally said the words, um, I, I can't do it. It's just me. I'm, I'm just broken. Oh. And I was just like, oh, that's hard to hear. And people do feel like that. People genuinely yeah. feel like they are broken, which yeah. is the worst, pro probably the worst thing that comes out of the health and fitness industry. And it, it's a very ironically titled industry, if you're asking me. Um, and yeah, I think the thing that holds people back is that self-belief because of they feel like that they've been trying again and again and again. That impacts on their self-worth. They don't feel like they're worth their own time. They don't yeah. feel like they're worth their own effort. Um and yeah, I mean, we're not going to get into the mindset side, but there is so much there, isn't there? There are so many reasons that even something like the five foundations, which is is a really great place to start. It's exactly yeah. where you need to start, really. I don't use the word need very often, but those five foundations are the foundations of good physical mental health. Some people will still struggle with those because of the mindset side. Um, yeah. What mindset shifts have you seen? Um, 
up for, you know from 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 the kind of coaching and and from your time um well I think the scales is a big one that yeah. was a real shift because I was weighing more than I ever had done before but then it was the average and actually the, when you said to me about zooming out and not taking yeah. that moment of the day that you may be sat at home and scoffed Ben and Jerry's the whole tub <laughs> not yeah. taking that moment and focusing on that bit but zooming out to the week and just knowing that that wasn't optimal to my goals that's mm. not going to achieve what I wanted to achieve but it's okay that I did it because then I can just move some other things around throughout the week and make make more optimal choices do you realize how I'm using these words <laughs> yeah I literally just clocked that that's great making more optimal choices later on in the week or the next day or and just the whole zooming out thing because I really and I hadn't realized until I worked with you until I mean I worked with you for 12 weeks and it was absolutely incredible but since then obviously I've been following you been chatting to you not as a client but just as a friend um and following you on your page and the things you put out and the other people that I follow I've realized how caught up I was in in the diet culture and again I don't want to keep bashing it because I don't like bashing things we're teachers mm. we don't do that do we but I was so that mentality of the short-term gains but I was so just not happy at all and the mindset shift with the food as well and with the tracking and I tracked my food on one of the diets I was doing I was tracking I was doing the Ducan diet okay you know, yeah. you've heard of it um where you don't eat I think for the first week it's got like stages and for the first week you only eat protein then the next week you add in vegetables then the next... <laughs> this, this is a very this is me as a nutritionist this is a very complicated needlessly complicated diet already <laughs> <laughs> knowing what I know now I cringe at the thought that I was no, but this is it this is it people be, because it's like oh this has got a very rigid structure this this is very well thought out and very well organized okay yeah. it's got to work and you put you put someone in front of it with like a title doctor PhD registered nutritionist or something yeah. like that and instantly it's perceived authority and I've been there before with my very first coach terrible experience not going to talk about that um but it's perceived authority we think yeah. right this is this is really specific cool it's got to be specific for a reason it's got to be extreme for a reason it's got to work and we yeah. all we all get sucked in we all do yeah, yeah. and with that carry. with that I was I was having oh my gosh when I think about it I know chicken's good for you right <laughs> <laughs> but good for you I've, I've slipped into old language yeah um, <laughs> I know it's more optimal but having a plain chicken breast for breakfast, oh, for no. lunch, and for dinner. No, is just shocking. I just can't even th think that I ever thought like that. But I was tracking these calories on the app that we used as well. And so when me and you started tracking calories, I thought, well, this can only be a bad thing, can't it? Because I've become obsessed with it. But what I loved about what you did when we were we were tracking calories to have the calorie deficit because one of my goals was to lose weight mm. and it's not because I had to lose weight because I'm fat it's because that I wanted to ultimately feel more confident feel happier 
Um, and to do that, you have to have a calorie deficit. But what you were doing with that is you had like the bank of calories, but you were giving me ideas to make it exciting and to use up the calories in like a good way. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, and no, rather, completely. Rather than just being really strict with what I could have, I was freer than I'd ever been. And now I'm less, I, I, I don't have to track as much because I've learned what yeah. 90 grams of oats look like, for example. Yeah. And so you were doing it to add to my knowledge rather than to restrict me. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and again, disclaimer: like people in the team, everyone's doing something different with their nutrition. You know, yeah. some people are now just intuitively eating, which is a mm-hmm. phrase that gets a lot of gets bashed a lot. But that's the goal. We all want to intuitively eat. We all want to be able to listen to our bodies, listen to our hunger signals, which is made more difficult by sleep and stress and past experiences. But ultimately, the goal is to intuitively eat for everyone. Some people are there. Not many people start there, to be honest. We, we have a process that we typically go through. Some people are using portion control. Some people are literally using the hand model for portions. Some people are just trying to eat more colorful food. Like some people are tracking calories. Some people are tracking calories and protein. I've got a couple of people who have got very specific gym-based goals, training goals. Um, they're preparing for races or competitions or something. So they're tracking calories, their protein and their carbohydrates. Um for performance re- and recovery reasons so everyone's got a different journey but i love what you said there tracking yeah. if, if you if you start tracking to achieve a calorie deficit which is where we're eating fewer calories than our maintenance calories for what our body needs at its current activity level to lose weight which is the only it's the, the uh, first law of thermodynamics it's the only way that weight loss occurs um if you're doing that you're tracking there is should particularly i don't use should very often but in my personal opinion for most people it should be a means to an end it's Mm. a it's a tool in your very very large toolbox it's not the only thing that you can use and it's not the um it's not the thing you don't start tracking now and want to be tracking your scones when you're 95 sitting on your porch like it's not the goal you don't want to track forever that's not the point the point is this it's an educational um process isn't it like you say if you engage in it and you track for just two weeks you use something like my fitness power nutri check and you have like you say oats for breakfast if you pour those oats in you use your weighing scales you look at it and you go right that's about 50 grams you do that for a couple of weeks mm. most people will be able to roughly eyeball within you know a 20 gram rough range you'll be able to eyeball that kind of stuff yeah and that's the point isn't it because unfortunately for our generation and for the generations above us and and maybe a couple below education around nutrition when we were at school wasn't really great it was like the eat well plate um and that was probably it so lots of us don't really and and then you add in the misinformation and 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 a few other bits and bobs and the myths that are out there and the diet fads and stuff you Mm. you, there's a lot of confusion but by doing that it's an education process yeah yeah so true and that's what I don't know whether it's being a teacher or mm. just being who I am, but that's what I loved. I, I felt like I was always learning. I felt like it was so much more working with you was so much more than just a quick fix because I, I was actively putting into practice new things that I was learning. And, yeah. and then I could see, I could feel, feel that I was making progress. And I just, I really, really just liked the way that all the things that I had such negative connotations for 
were suddenly being used in a different way and so it mm -hmm. was stopping any negative thoughts or any doubt or any guilt that I had in that way and it was changing it to a positive experience yeah no, that's awesome that's that's really really great so so kind of now obviously you know you've been through some massive changes recently and everything I know you've put some of the, some of that stuff on your Instagram page um, yeah. and you've kind of talked about things in a bit a little bit of detail but right now kind of or generally speaking over the last kind of month or so where are you now what what do you feel your main takeaways have been from from the process um oh that's a that's a tricky one because it's just been a complete complete overhaul of my thought process to mm. everything and I've got to say obviously I went through some personal rubbish and that was so heavy and I'm not going to cry yeah. <laughs> that was so heavy on my emotions mm. had I not met you when I did like it all just kind of seemed to align and because mm. that was so heavy and so difficult I would have turned straight to food before and it Mm. at the point where it was all happening and essentially my life was changing forever I thought well I can either go back to old habits or I could take on board what I've learned from Charlie and try and still aim for that more optimal me and mm. that kept me so focused and I had two months where I was living alone in temporary accommodation and okay my work and my colleagues were absolutely incredible so they completely helped support my me professionally and mm. how I was at work but then going home on your own to, to this completely different life mm. and I was living in temporary fear for other reasons I'm not going to go into to have a focus and I did have to put time into being working with you anyway and to have that focus on how I can keep aiming towards future me, who I want to be. I just completely, it it completely. I I don't know. I I don't have words. You can tell. I don't. Have words. <laughs> it just changed. It completely changed my life. It completely. I don't know where I would be if I hadn't have met you when I did. I honestly, and I really mean that. It really did change my life. And there are things that I now think differently like for example I started running and me yeah. me a few months ago would never have run in fact I think I actively told people on my Instagram to stop telling me to run because I'm not going <laughs> to run um but because I'd started walking with you and then because I felt like I could do things and achieve more when I was walking five miles a day I never thought I'd be able to walk five miles a day so mm because I was achieving those little things, I thought, well, maybe I'll start running then because I never thought I could do this. I never thought I could have a healthy relationship with food. I never thought I could do so many different things that maybe I can start running. So then I started doing the couch to 5K and now I can run for 25 minutes straight. And I just never thought I'd be able to do that. And the little achievements, and I don't, I'm not, I don't get caught up in it. And if I can't run for whatever reason, I literally, if I feel like going for a run, I go for a run. And it just so happens I do feel like going for a run quite often now. Mm. Yeah. And those little changes and knowing that I can achieve something that I just never thought was possible in that way 
it's changed everything it's blown everything out of the water because I can I could do anything now yeah whether it's professionally whether it's personally whatever I can get through anything I just need to make sure I keep implementing the things that I learned with you and it's just just a massive thank you Charlie seriously <laughs> <laughs> make me cry now <laughs> um no no honestly it's absolutely incredible um it really really is and I, th- I think a, a lot of a lot of the bits that you kind of touched on there again it, it goes back to mindset doesn't it, it it's yeah. self-belief it's confidence it and it's not all it's it's not about body confidence all the time and and, and rarely is it about aesthetics and and physique and things and how we look and stuff it's all within and the stuff that happens within then transfers to the outside um and like you say it's a byproduct and I think yeah I mean obviously your your journey's got so many facets to it so many different alleys and tangents and things um but I think there's so much there Chantel that people can take away from today honestly um is it no this is fantastic thank you very very much i mean for you to come on to kind of share that whole process is is amazing and, and i know for a fact that you're going to get tons of messages um <laughs> hopefully um letting you know kind of how awesome it's been for people to hear to hear that and i know for a fact anyone that does listen to this is going to take away huge amounts of value and that's why we, we wanted to do it right we wanted people i i can say certain things over and over and over Till I'm kind of blue in the face and I know that one is a saying um <laughs> it, it you people need to hear from someone who's been through it yeah. do you know what I mean we, yeah. we need we need tangible experience we need to hear sorry about people's experiences it becomes real then doesn't it and I really do think that what everything you shared today is gonna give someone that a little bit of confidence to start or give someone that bit of self-belief yeah. in terms of you know or even even just hope in you know they're going for a really crappy time that there is there is a kind of there is a a new kind of lease of life almost so to speak after a a poor period of time and we all go through those crappy periods right um but it's it's a bend it's not the end as we say Um, (laughs) and it's yeah there's always I I love the phrase um this too shall pass because it it reminds us that the really horrible stuff that happens in life is going to come to an end at some point, but it also reminds us to really cherish the good stuff and yeah. really make the most of those moments when, when, when the, when the good bits are there, because everything passes at the end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. Well, thank you very much for joining, uh, joining me today. Can't thank you for having me. Still, still the morning. We chatted for ages, but it's still the morning. Um, <laughs> no, thank you very much for jumping on Chantel. It's been absolutely fantastic. Do you want to kind of share where people can find you if they somehow don't know you? Um, do you want to share where people can, can find you? Um, yeah, I am on Instagram at Miss R Daily. That's not my name. I'm not Miss Daily. Everyone thinks I'm Miss Daily. I'm not. <laughs> I thought I was really cool when I first set it up. And I thought I'd be like Miss R because I'm Reardon, Miss Reardon mm-hmm. Daily because every day I teach. But now everyone just thinks I'm called Chantal Daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could uh, you could you could take that and run with that. That could be like a, a brand or something. No, that's great. So miss miss our daily on, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, if you haven't already been there, which I'm sure you have, go in and check out Chantel. Her page is absolutely fantastic. Anyway, thank you very much again for joining me, Chantel. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.